Blog Talk Radio. Good, Isaac. How are you? 
man, feeling good, man. Ready? It's 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 basketball time, man. We got football. You're doing really well right now, man. So it's all coming in. It's a really really good time to be a a Memphis Tiger. But uh, first, I want to want to take you back to Memphis Madness. Uh, during the team interviews, we saw a little bit of preview of your of your dance moves. Uh, you kind of talked about uh, that you guys couldn't couldn't really hear. Uh, I saw the video. Uh, if, if you haven't checked out the video, man, go look at the video. The women's basketball um, account put out the video in the full ro- routine. But gotta gotta talk talk about that a little bit. Well, you know what? I think Memphis Madness is all about having a little bit of fun, and it's also yeah. about just bringing in the basketball season. Obviously, we know our players, our players, the men's players, cheering palm, the fans, everybody's really excited about the night. So we just try to step out of character a little bit and, and have some fun. <laughs> so we were uh, we were disappointed because we were really put together with a little performance, but we couldn't quite get the uh, audio in the for in the forum to yeah. um, cooperate with us. So anyway, our kids were really proud of it. So we put out a little video and just like I said, <laughs> wanting to have a little fun with our team. Yeah, man, I definitely. I stress if, if you haven't checked checked out that video, go over to the Memphis Women's Basketball. Twitter feed. They posted a video of the, of the full routine. I thought that was pretty cool. Again, we're talking with University of Memphis women's basketball coach Melissa McFerrin. Man, one of my biggest takeaways from Madness was Elena Davis, uh, who didn't attempt a three-point shot last season, but she reigned victorious in the, the three-point competition. Is that something we might see implemented over at the Fieldhouse this year? Well, we're definitely going to see her at the high post and a little bit further away from the post. Um, we've been working on that with Elena. Elena's been working on it by herself. Um, and we really want to stretch her range because she does have a really good touch. She just doesn't have the confidence yet out there. But on Memphis Madness Night, she lit it up pretty good. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it, but I think you're going to see her more around the free throw line short corner you're going to see her taking a lot more shots from the perimeter um and and that's primarily because number one she's capable of it and number two we've got some other kids now on our team that that are going to chew up some of her minutes at the five spot with their back to the basket yeah i mean uh, you saw last year the, the tremendous work she did on you know on the inside if she can get into that high post like you said and knock down some some perimeter jumpers, I think they could really really open up some things for you guys. So that that's really good to see because, like you said, that three point shoot, I mean, her performing, everything looked good. Uh, so if she can get confidence <laughs> in that shot, I think that that'd be really really good for you guys. Uh, but before we talk about that'll do nothing. This tremendous, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I said that'll that'll do nothing but make us better if we've got a four player that can stretch the floor like that. Oh, no doubt about that. But before we talk about this tremendous 2019 recruiting class, we. Have to talk about what you have coming back. You returned three of your top four scores in Jamal Shute, um, Elena Davis, and, and Jasmine Hurd. And Shute who had a tremendous freshman season, being named to the AAC All Rookie Team. Um, Elena Davis, who we just talked about, was a tremendous presence inside. And Jasmine Hurd really came into her own late late in the season after the departure of Taylor Burns, um, Rudy White, and, and Camille Buchanan. Also, two developing returnees as well. Talk about a little bit about your your five returnees. Well, I'm I'm really excited for them because I see, think each one of them has really improved their game. Um, I'll start start with Rudy and Cam first. Um, Rudy's really worked on her shooting and her ball handling, which um, her season was cut short last year by um, a concussion early in the year. Cam's um, gotten herself in better shape, and I think you're going to see both of those kids on the floor this year. Then we go to Jazz. Jazz is the starting senior now, our only senior, and really much more comfortable with the system and the expectations, and I think she's really going to blossom this year. 
Elena Davis, as we've mentioned, we expect her to be a little bit more inside-outside. Um, and then Jamira Shoots has really improved her perimeter shooting, really improved her body, really improved her ball handling and her decision-making with the basketball. She's now more than just a hard-nosed penetrator. She's turned into a pull-up jump shooter and more of a three-point shooter as well. So those five kids, you're going to see them on the floor, and but you're going to see them in combination with some really great recruits that we have. Yeah, and you talk about that top 35 recruiting class, and, and one thing you can see clearly is that you put an emphasis on, on size and length, that six of the eight players you brought in are six foot or taller, another at 5'10", and Ariel Wilson, and, and Maris Madison Griggs is 5'9", as well. Uh, was that one of your priorities when, when looking at this, bringing in guys, girls for this recruiting class? Well, to be honest with you, the, the, the priorities, first of all, were the kids here from Memphis. Um, certainly the Williams twins out of Arlington and, and Maddie out of uh, Houston, those Houston. kids were the priority. We've known those kids since they were in the eighth grade, seventh grade maybe, and that was the big priority. And as, as has been well documented with the mention of a contract extension, which um, was known long before it was announced, um, and the, the the renovation of our facility. Those are the two kids. Those are the things those kids wanted to see to choose Memphis. So yeah. that was huge. And then to add Ariel Wilson into that, I mean, she is a really smart, um, see the floor, run a system kind of point guard. And um, as she gets more and more comfortable, we're gonna we're gonna see all four of those kids um, make their way onto the court. And I think early on you're gonna see. Um, you're going to see Lynetta Williams really make an impact on our team. And, and you talk about that, that local flavor in this recruiting class. How how important is that going forward to to have some some local kids on the team that, that could possibly help you in, in future recruiting in the area? It's always it, it's always been incredibly important. Um, and if I could count the number of times that we finished number two. Um, on a local player here that ended up in the SEC or ended up elsewhere, um, you know, we, we'd all be rich people if we had a nickel for every one of them. But, um, the, you know, Madison Griggs, I got to be honest with you, Madison was the first one to commit last June, and she went hard to work at recruiting. Those freshmen really connected with Ariel Wilson out of Canada, and, and they really kind of recruited each other. And then the, the another player that we've been waiting a long time on I'm just going to call her Dulce because the rest of her name is way too complicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, our 6'3", 6'4", player from Cameroon, Africa, we've been trying to get her here for three years. We finally got her. Um, she is an unknown. I mean, she was a junior college second-team All-American last year, and nobody even knows how good she can be. And she's probably going to be, from day one, the most impactful new player that we have. Um, Kiki Hunter has also been very, very impactful early in her time here at Memphis. So as you notice with our five returners, um, we got a lot of, lot of new players that um, their work habits are great. Their size is great. These kids want to be coached and, and they, they want to achieve. And I got to be honest with you, they might be the most competitive group that I've been around in a long time. Yeah. We talk with university of Memphis women's basketball coach, Melissa McFerrin here on TSR live. Um, you got to talk about it. you keep that that Canadian pipeline open as we saw with with Shy and Crane and, and Jasmine James both out of Ontario. Yep. We talk about Ariel Wilson and, and Duco Julian McDonald. 
Uh, can I talk about that that Canadian connection and and, and how did how did that pipeline open? Well, it, it opened kind of innocently, innocently with Cheyenne. Um, Cheyenne was a player that we saw in the springtime that everyone felt like she had already committed to um, Albany. As it turned out, she was really waiting for an offer from Michigan, and that fell through, so she didn't sign with Albany. And we just had a really good connection. Um, and Cheyenne came to Memphis, loved it. Mom loved it. She said she chose Memphis because her, her grandfather gave her a Memphis Grizzlies hat way back in the day. And she just <laughs> felt like she had a real good connection here. Um, yeah. And then from there, you know, Canada basketball is a, is a pretty small community. So um, they keep tabs of people that come to the country. So Ariel Wilson was very familiar with Cheyenne Creighton. Um, as we go through the next few weeks, you'll see another Canadian presence likely come to our team. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just, they keep track of each other. And as we well know, anytime you get a foreign player, the chance of you getting another one is pretty high. Definitely. Uh, with with so many new players on the roster, you got eight new new faces and, and freshmen who will be an integral part of the, the rotation. How how tough is it to bring all that together with chemistry-wise and, and, and teaching the system? Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest with you, the chemistry part has been pretty easy. Um, the chemistry between our kids right now is just really, really solid. Um, they share the basketball incredibly well. They, um, I mean, the ball moves really freely right now. And I think anytime the ball moves really freely, that tells you that they trust each other. And, um, we've had some snafus as far as what groups need to play together, you know, what, what guard needs to throw, what kind of a pass to our new post players. So those are normal kinds of things. Now the system's been a little more difficult, but um, our system is, um, I think, built for the players that we ha- we've had, we have right now. We've made some adjustments, and um, you know we're kind of built for speed right now. And so that's how we want to play. Um, one player that I haven't mentioned that's been out injured a little bit is Julian McDonald, um, another big three player, junior college player, that's really just been in practice about this last week and. She's making an impact as well. Um, but, yeah, the system's been difficult. Um, you know, the defensive system, anytime players come into a new system, they've got to learn the defensive system. And we're teaching, you know, fundamental man-to-man defense. Um, but I, I like the way this team learns right now. Um, I like the way they are um, committed. They listen well. They are committed to try to do the things that we ask them to do. Um, and, and they're playing together and they're playing hard. Uh, talk a little bit about the schedule. Uh, it's a, a pretty, pretty challenging schedule. You guys are going to the Bahamas for the Junker New Jam. Uh, some stiff competition down out there, Kansas State and either LSU or Michigan State. Talk about the, the, the non-conference schedule. Well, I think it, it, uh, it provides some, you know, really high-level challenges, and then it also gives us a chance to get our feet wet with, with eight new players. So, we're hoping that as we go through our first four or five games, you know, we're going to have some challenges, you know, extreme challenges. You know, we got Arkansas Little Rock on our preseason schedule again, and they're always a top yeah. 50 RPI team. Um, we're going to go on the road to um, Louisiana Tech, and we know that they've had good success in past years. And, and so even though some of those names aren't, you know, top 50 names that you hear all the time, those are top 50 and top 100 teams. 
So they'll give us a chance. And then, of course, we're going to, we're going to go to the Bahamas and we're going to have to let it all hang out there because those are legit teams. But we're, yeah. we've, we've got a pretty high degree of confidence in our team right now. And I'm, I'm excited by that. And our kids have that Thanksgiving weekend, you know, they got that circled in their lockers because they want, um, we might be too young to know what those teams really look like, but I'm anxious to put our team out there on the floor against them and see what we look like because, um, for the first time in a long time, we've got talent, we've got depth, we've got athletic talent, we've got length, and you're going to see a different kind of Memphis basketball team on the floor for our for our basketball team this year. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a talented schedule. I think it'll it'll set you guys up really well for conference play. But like you say, I mean, a lot of a lot of talent on this team. I think it's a great mix of of youth and and, and experienced players. You like you said, you have more size, more length than, than you've had in, 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 in the last few years. So I, I think it's going to be exciting. I, I look at that schedule and, and I see some challenges on there, but I think this team is going to be able to meet some of those challenges and and be able to learn and grow. And I think by the time conference play comes around, you guys will really be in good shape. But you have the exhibition coming up on Wednesday against CBU. And, and I always kind of ask coaches when they play these type of exhibitions against teams that, that are on, on a different level, how, kind of, how do you approach that game? Are you looking to – to kind of work through some things for his rotation. How are you going to approach uh, next Wednesday night? Well, the first thing we don't do is worry about what CBU does. You know, the, we're worried about us. Yeah. And so it's likely going to be a game where we just focus on what we do. I would like to start that game the way I expect to start every game early in our season. We're going we're gonna to get up the floor. We're going to be more of a full-court defensive presence. Um, but then also at some point in time, um, in addition to speeding up the game, I'm going to also want to slow down the game and, and force our kids to execute in the half court and take care of the basketball and not just fly around the court. We want to fly around the court, but we also want to be able to play um, a disciplined game, both in our, in our transition and in our half court defense and also in our half court set. So we've got to use that game. We've got to use that game as it's intended, you know. It is an exhibition game for us to get our team ready to go the following Tuesday night against Alcorn State. Um, and, you know, as we look at our pre-conference, I know we got 13 games. We've got an exhibition game. We've got, a, we've got a scrimmage. But as we get into January, we play, we play four of the top teams. We play four top five teams in the conference in the first ten days of the conference schedule. So we've got to have an eye on that as well. So we're going to play our game, but we, we also have to recognize that we are shooting for the first 10 days of our conference season because um, that's, that's a really important 10 days. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's going to be a tremendous season. Like I said, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to cover it. It will be over at the Fieldhouse all year covering Lady Tiger basketball. So make sure you stay tuned to TigerSportsReport.com. I have all the, the need to know for, for Tiger women's basketball. But coming up on Wednesday night, uh, CBU, 7 p.m. over Dale Marone Fieldhouse, and they'll tip it off for real Tuesday, November 5th, 5 p.m. against Alcorn State. It's actually a, a doubleheader night. You can go over to the Fieldhouse to see the Lady Tigers take on Alcorn State and then head over to FedEx Forum to see the men's opener against South Carolina State. I think it's going to be a, a great year of Tiger basketball. Uh, and thanks always, as Coach. I always enjoy talking with you, and uh, we'll see you over at the Fieldhouse on Wednesday night. 
Hey, Isaac, can I say one more thing? I'm yeah, gonna, sure. I'm going to challenge all those listeners out there um, that have been seeing and hearing about women's basketball over the last few months. I'm going to ask you to come watch our team because uh, this is a team – this is a team that's going to make you proud, and this is a team that is going to help Memphis women's basketball put aside some of the things that we've all dealt with over the last few months and move into um, the American Athletic Conference with a legitimate chance to be an upper-level team. So I just want to say that because we're not hiding. We're, com- we're coming at people this year. just want people to hey, know you're that. Yeah, you heard it here first, man. Head coach Melissa McFerrin, the OTSR Live. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Isaac. Head coach Melissa McFerrin of the University of Memphis women's basketball team. You heard it here first, man. As you said, they're they're coming at people this year. So I, I I'm excited about this team. I think it's it's talented. I think, and and, and you know, I, I I didn't get into some of the some of the things that have been going on. Everybody everybody knows what what the things that have been said about the program, some of the things that have gone on, but I, I've kind of shied away from talking about that because I want to admit on, on the positive. Um, and over the years, I know a lot of people have, have, have looked at the record and, and some of the things that are going on and don't really know what's going on and some of the things they've been through with injuries as far as transfer, kids transferring out. It's just been tough over the last several years. I mean, they this program always always works hard. Uh, the, the players on this team, they, they give 100% effort. Uh, sometimes they've just been in situations where it's been tough to win basketball games. Uh, but I look at this roster uh, that they have this year, top 35 recruiting class. Like I said, a lot of size, a lot of length. Um, they bring in some shooting with, with Madison Griggs, who I'm really excited about her potential uh, for the team this year. I, I think this team is going to sneak up on some people. They were picked eighth in the AAC preseason poll at media days. I, I got a, I got a sneaky feeling that they out, outperformed that. Uh, they have a, they have a tough schedule. Uh, like Coach McFerrin said, some of the names on there you see you might not think of. Getting teams like Arkansas Little Rock, who's always, excuse me, a tremendously tough defensively. Um, Louisiana Tech is a good ball club. Uh, I mean, there's some, there's some teams on there. They might not be the names, but they're tough. And then they're going to go out to the Bahamas for the Junker New Jam. Uh, they're going to take on Kansas State in that first game, and either LSU or Michigan State in that second game. Uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend, uh, that's going to be a tremendous challenge that I think that gives them an opportunity to, to play some tough competition and get them ready going into conference play. But I think this team is going to be really good and, and surprising people. So uh got an opportunity to go out to the field house on Wednesday um, as they take on Christian Brothers in an exhibition. Um, and, and that's a game where, as you said, you don't really worry about what Christian Brothers is going to do. You worry about working through some things that you need to work through as far as rotations and and chemistry and, and, and seeing different players on the floor at the same time and line up to get ready for that opener on uh, November 5th against Alcorn State. So uh, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I doubt you. I know a lot of people don't don't really follow women's sports, but I'm telling you, man, just give this women's basketball team a chance. Give it an opportunity. Go out to the field house and, and watch a couple games. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed, especially with, with this team and some local flavor on this team uh, with the Williams sisters out of Arlington. Um, as we talked about, Madison Griggs out of Houston. Uh, so, so if, if anything, go out and support the, the local kids. But I think this team is, is going to be tremendous. Uh, I think it's going to be the best best team that we've seen from from University of Memphis women's basketball in a in a long time. So, uh, I'm telling you, man, go over to the field house and check out this team. They're always going to give 110. percent And I think 
think this team is going to sneak up on some people this year. I think they have an opportunity to finish higher uh, than that, that eighth place predicted at AAC Media Days. But we're going to take a break here on TSR Live. We're going to come back and we're going to talk Tiger football. Uh, Memphis travels to Tulsa uh, to take on the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. Tulsa uh, showed some promise this year, but they, they come in at 2-5. and five. They, In some games they show flashes, but they just haven't really translated into win. So it's another tough year for Tulsa. But we're going to talk with Kelly Hines from Tulsa World, who covers Tulsa Athletics here on TSR Live. So come back on the other side of the break. Uh, you can join, follow me on Twitter, Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals, and we'll be right back here on TSR Live. Nobody pray for me. It's been a day for me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances. Finessing on them with some counterfeits. But now I'm counting this. Parmesan with my accountant lips. It's like I'm down in this. Do say with my boobie. Tastes like too late for the analyst. Girl, I can buy a Westie girl with my base stuff. I know that it's good. Won't you sit it on my taste blood? I get way too busy. Won't you let me do the extras? Pull up on your block and break it down. We playing Tetris. AM to the PM, PM to the AM phone. Your per diem, you just gotta hate them folks. If I quit your beam, I still rock Mercedes funk. If I quit this season, I still be the greatest funk. My left stroke just went viral. Right stroke, put a baby in a spiral. Soprano C, we like to keep it on the high note. It's levels to it, you and I know. Tell them be humble. Hold up, sit down. Be humble. Sit down. Photoshop. Show me something natural like Afro-Rome with your pride. Show me something natural. I wanna feel some stretch marks. Still to take you down right on your mama couch and polo flag. Hey, this is way too crazy. Hey, you do not amaze me. Hey, I blew cool from ACA. Obama just pays me. Hey, I don't fabricate it. Hey, most of y'all be faking. Hey, I stay modest about it. Hey, she elaborated. Hey, this that great Poupon, that AV on that TED Talk. Hey, watch my soul speak. You let the med talk. Coach of your University of Memphis women's basketball team, Melissa McFerrin, for joining me always. 
enjoy having her on the program here on TSR Live. A lot of a lot of things going on here in Tiger Nation at football, uh, basketball about to get kicked off. So we're excited here in the city of Memphis. Uh, the Memphis Tiger football team, uh, tough loss uh, up up at Temple. Uh, we all know how that one ended, but a, a big bounce back on Saturday against Tulane really dominated a, a, a Tulane team, which Memphis only came into that game favored by three points, expected it to be a much closer game. But uh, we saw, I think, for the first time in the season, a complete game from the Memphis Tiger football team. They will travel to Tulsa to take on the Tulsa Golden Hurricane on Saturday night. And right now we're joined here on TSR Live by Kelly Hines from Tulsa World. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I always enjoy having you here on the program. Um, the Golden Hurricane, have, they've showed some flashes this year. Uh, we went on the road and, and knocked off a, a San Jose State. They played Oklahoma State tough for a half, uh, Solid beat a solid Wyoming team, and should have had a win over SMU, but uh, ended up falling in triple overtime. They find themselves at 2-5. and five. Uh, Kind of give us an, an overall assessment of, of the season through the first seven games. You know, I, I think that's like how non-conference play went was, was kind of what was expected, you know, to to lose to a couple of Power Five teams, um, Oklahoma State, as you mentioned, and Michigan State, and and to beat San Jose State and Wyoming, you know, I, I thought that two and two um, through the first month of the, of the season was, you know, where they would be. So, uh, you know, things kind of have have uh, gotten off track from there. You know, uh, giving up 21 points in the fourth quarter at SMU, losing in triple overtime getting uh, pretty much steamrolled by Navy um, the next week. And then um, last week, uh, losing a game at Cincinnati, I thought, um, you know, was a winnable game uh, just because of, of the way um, Tulsa's defense has been playing, um, you know, to lose four, uh, 24-13 um, and have uh, five turnovers um, and a dozen penalties, you know, that, that kind of tells the story of that one. So, um, you know, three losses in a row in, in um, conference play, and now bull uh, eligibility is, is just about out of reach. So it's kind of um, been a rough few weeks, and the, and the schedule certainly doesn't get any easier. So uh, it's, it's, it's not been a great uh, situation um, as of late uh, for, for Tulsa right now. Yeah, it, 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 you look at that, that remaining schedule, it is tough. I mean, I mean it's not – Impossible. I mean, they'd have to go four and one to finish six and six. But you look at those games; it is a, a kind of a tough schedule. When you look at that, what's kind of the, the mindset of, of the guys? Are they still in the mindset of they're going to go out there and fight hard at two and five? Like I said, you look at that schedule. I mean, it's not out of the question; they'd have to go four and one. But what's kind of the, the, the mindset of the team right now? Yeah, I, I think that there's still a lot of that. You know, these are these are guys who for the most part, haven't won many games in their careers. And, and some of them, their time is quickly coming to an end um, for their, their college career. So I think there's still some hope for that. Um, you know, I, I think particularly on defense, they're they're thinking that that's going to be possible. You know, on offense, that's, that's a bit of a different story. You know, if, if things haven't come together at this point in the season, exactly when would it come together? Uh, again, we're talking with Kelly Hines from, from Tulsa World, covering Tulsa Athletics. Uh, Coach Montgomery is now in his fifth year at the ham. He's, he's 23 and 34 overall. Uh, what kind of what are the thoughts on him up there right now from an administrative standpoint as, as well as from, from a fan base standpoint? You know, it's, it's, it's a bit of an awkward situation. Um, you know, he, he 
obviously had a um, 10 win season, you know, three years ago, and it, it hasn't been very good since then. So, you know, seven and, and 24 um, in the last three years. And, you know, I, I thought that this could, this, this season had a chance to be that kind of turnaround, um, not a 10 win season, but, you know, maybe a winning season, maybe a bowl game, you know, and the way the last three weeks have gone, you know, that that's making that almost impossible. So, you know, if, if he wins, three games if he wins four games you know is is that good enough and for fans you know that's not good enough um because that's the same you know type of situation there's been the last couple years so you're not seeing that the sort of growth that you know makes you think that the future would be any different um i think the administration you know everybody who hired philip is still around um well the athletic director is still around so that's that makes a difference i think um I I do think that if they kept him, um, there would have to be some changes made, um, you know, with with his staff and um, maybe giving up the play calling duties, um, that sort of thing. So, you know, the buyout uh, is is substantial um, and uh, with, you know, two years left on his contract and, and the university being in a difficult financial state, um, all of those things, um, you know, are factors. So I think that you know, unless they just absolutely um, are not competitive in the second half of the season, don't win any more games. You know, I do think that they they will probably have um, Philip back next year um, just because of, you know, all those things I just said. And, and they're just not really in a position to um, buy him yeah. out, bring someone else in, you know, all of the things that um, a lot of schools deal with when they're trying to make those big decisions. Yeah, because when you when I looked at this team going into the season, I thought this could be type of team that could could win six games and and, and be and, and become bowl eligible. I thought, and especially even looking at some of those games. I mean, you you open up the season at Michigan State, you lose twenty eight to seven. I mean, that's not really that that big of a, a not a terrible showing uh, to lose at there at a power five team like that. Um, and you look at some of these games in Oklahoma State, they competed in that game, and you think, okay, well, when they get in the conference play, they 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 can win five, they can win six games. And like like you said, they, they've lost the three in a row now, and, and you look at the remaining schedule, it just seems kind of tough. But um, there was some some excitement and positivity going into the season. And I think one aspect of that was, was junior quarterback Zach Smith, who, who came over from Baylor, a big kid at, at 6'3", 224 pounds. Uh, he likes to sling it around. He's, he's thrown for 1,861 yards and 10 touchdowns, but does have a tendency to, to turn it over a bit as he also has thrown six INTs. Talk a little bit about what, what you've seen from him this year. You know, I, I do think that he has a lot of potential. Um, I would love to see him, um, you know, how he would play with a, like, remotely decent offensive line. You know, he's had extremely minimal protection, um, and, you know, when those sacks are happening, that's, it's unfortunate for everyone, but, uh, you know, that's when a lot of his fumbles are occurring. Um, you know, I think he's trying to escape and, and it's, it's been extremely painful to watch. So uh, he's been hit while, while throwing quite a few times, resulting in a lot of those interceptions. Um, you know, but it's kind of been a, a, you know, a combination of, of not having the protection he needs and maybe taking like one or two seconds too long, you know, and and I think that that's something that, uh, you know, it's hard to fix at this point in the season. You know, the offensive line is what it is. You'd like to think that they are going to get better as the season goes along, but everyone should get better as the season gets along. Their opponents are getting better. So 
um, you know, I don't know what can be done, um, you know, about that. But, you know, the the biggest thing that has, has put Zach and, and everyone on offense in, in bad situations is, you know, they've had a lot of false starts, a lot of um, offensive penalties that, um, you know, you're, you're going to face a third and long real fast um, when you're making those sorts of mistakes. And um, then you're trying to make things happen. So, you know, the offense, um, you know, certainly is, is not anywhere where it needs to be anywhere close to that. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to rag on the offensive line, but, you know, they they had to, you know, replace some guys um, who had uh, combined 100 starts with, with guys who didn't have any. Yeah. So um, really young um, group there. Um, I think four guys who are freshmen or sophomores. And, you know, that's that's a tough situation, but you know the the penalties. I if I were a head coach, would make me pull my hair out um, because that's that's <laughs> you're setting yourself up for failure right there. It's it's hard enough to pick up a third and one, third and two when your offensive line is is what it is. Uh, a third and yeah. nine, third and thirteen. Those sorts of situations are are not easy. You're putting a lot of pressure on your quarterback who's already having his own issues. Um, so it's it's just been a struggle for Zach and, and he's taking an absolute beating because of all the, you know, protection issues. So it's, it's been a struggle for sure. Yeah. Like you said, the offensive line, I think they only had two starters return uh, from last season, left tackle, left guard, pretty much a, a, a new offensive line. So yeah, they, they have struggled this year. I watched um, a, a lot of Tulsa and I, I've seen how, I mean, cause I, I think, I think Smith is a really good quarterback as well. I agree with you. And I think, it's just tough when when you don't have the protection and, and you're running around out there trying to make plays and sometimes it causes you to to make mistakes when otherwise if you had protection you probably wouldn't yeah. make those mistakes. But um, despite the offensive line play, you do have that hometown duo of Shamari Books and and, and Corey Taylor at running back. Uh, they were close to 800 yards between them on the season. Talk a little bit about the, the Tulsa running game. You know, I, I think those guys are are really good weapons. Um, you know, and I, I knew going into the season they weren't going to get as many touches, um, you know, as maybe they they would on other teams or have in the past just because of the offensive line. Um, you know, there there was going to be a need for Tulsa to throw the ball more um, just to make, you know, some things happen on offense. And, you know, the thought was that they had a quarterback who could throw. And, you know, so those guys' roles would be a little bit different, you know, and, and I think – that they've still done some good things. It's just, you know, I remember, uh, you know, the Cincinnati game, I think Corey Taylor had a, a couple, you know, 10-yard runs. And I remember being like, oh, that's a good play. Like, he had a million of those plays in the past. But just like, yeah. you know, those those big, you know, and that's not even a big, run, long run. It's just, you know, those have been so few and far between. Um, you know, I, I and that's not on those guys. It's just, you know, the defenses that they're facing and, you know, the holes are not always there, those sorts of things. Um, those guys, uh, you know, you know, I think that they are extremely talented. Um, the opportunities just haven't been there as much this season. And um, I think that they feed really well off each other, but I've also really liked what I've seen from the third string guy um, who is also from the Tulsa area, um, you know, a little bit taller guy, um, less of a, you know, power runner. Um, he's, he, T.P. Wilkerson, he's, he's got some skill too. So um, I expect he will, you know, play uh, quite a bit in the second half of the season. They're just looking for, for something, you know, at this point, they're trying to find yeah. 
something that will work. And, uh, you know, I think teams in the, in the league are very familiar with Shamari and, and Corey, and they're just trying to find a spark from somewhere else. So they're, they're getting TK some carries, and I think that's really good for um, his future too. Yeah, another bright spot on his offense, one of the more talented receivers in, in the AAC, Keelan Stokes, uh, 35 receptions, 566 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, talk about his year today. You know, I think that he's uh, he's probably the most dynamic player on, on the team. Um, you know, I he's also using special teams and, you know, hasn't had a, a ton of success there. But, you know, I, I think that he's the guy who's capable of a big play. Um, it doesn't always happen. Um, you know, if, if the passes aren't being thrown your way, there's not a whole lot you can do. I think defenses are well aware of him. Um, you know, he's he's got a lot of um, talent. And so teams are focusing in on him. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, he's a guy who could play on a lot of teams. You know, he's he's um, got some skill. He's he's had some big plays. It's just, just like everybody in offense, not, not nearly as, as much as, he's probably capable of given, you know, issues at, at other spots on the field. Okay. We talked with Kelly Hines from, from Tulsa world covering Tulsa athletics. Uh, Tulsa defense finished eighth against the pass last year. They've been pretty good against the pass this year as well. If, there, if there's been any bright spot, giving up, only giving up 189.7 yards through the air. Uh, talk about this, this Tulsa defense. They, they have some, some experience, especially at, at the linebacker position. Yeah, linebacker, I think, is probably the most talented position group, you know, on the team, offense, defense, anything. Um, you know, they have Cooper Edmiston in the middle, who's been extremely solid. Um, hasn't had as many takeaways this season, but still does good things. Um, he he had the, you know, game-winning play against Wyoming. Um, and when you have only two wins, you don't have that many game-winning plays. So that's that was a, a big moment for him. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's got a couple guys next to him who are extremely talented, David Collins and, and Diamond Cannon. Um, those are guys who they can count on, you know, up, up front, they have, uh, Travis Gibson, at defensive end who, you know, I don't say this very often, but I think that's a guy, um, who could play in the NFL. Um, he's, he's got a lot of talent, um, leads the team in sacks and TFLs. Um, and the secondary, you know, it's, They've got a lot of speed back there ever since they went to the 3-3-5. Um, you know, I think that they've they've managed to cut down on some of the, the explosive plays that really hurt them in the past. So um, definitely good pieces um, there. They're playing well for the most part. Every once in a while they do give up the, the big plays, but it's not nearly as much as they did several years ago. You know, they have a different uh, defensive coordinator in Joseph Gillespie than what they had last year, but he's been on staff for a while. So, um, he's done some good things. They've just they've recruited well, um, bringing in a lot of athletes, you know, especially to put in the secondary. So they're not, uh, you know, they're still going to have their mistakes and, and that sort of thing. But uh, the defense for sure is playing well enough for the team to win. And it's been, a, been a, on the, from the Memphis perspective, it's been a, an interesting season. Uh, we expected running back Patrick Taylor to kind of be the guy and, and Kenneth Gainwell uh, to, to kind of be the guy to come in and change the pace back behind him. And Patrick Taylor goes down in that Ole Miss game, and, and Kenneth Gainwell is really taking the reins. And we, we thought he was a, a guy that could basically mostly catch the passes out of backfield, but he's shown that he can really run between the tackles. I mean, he's been phenomenal in the, in the passing game and, and 
rushing the football. Uh, and, and you go back to that Temple game. And I want to ask you, I know that you, you saw that catch, uh, tight end Joy Magnifico. It's the non-catch right around the world. I mean, everyone's been talking about that play. I think Golf Digest even put out an article on, on that play. Did you see the play, and, and what were your thoughts on it? You know, I – it's just – I don't even know. It's just it's, – <laughs> it's just the way it is now. I don't understand anything anymore. So, it's just, uh, you know, it's it's so crazy, you know, the big moments that affect games that, you know, come down yeah. to things like that. So, it's just, you know, it's – I've, you know, been covering Tulsa for so long. They, they tend to have plays that uh, literally define a season, you know, and it's just like how, how – you know, the response is, you know, it kind of dictates, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot. So it's just one of those things that, you know, that's college football for you, I guess. I mean, that's sports in general, but certainly it happens more in college football, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. It was a, a, a tough call and the explanation of it from the conference. It's just, I mean, that's the conference for you. I mean, that's why people get frustrated with the conference. You know, it's how they handle those things. It's, you know, I I think that, you know, they do a good job for the most part, but in crucial moments, that's when it's like, you know, it's a little disappointing. So I I would hope that in the future they could do a better job with that. Yeah, my my thing is they they said they had some secret angle that, since they were in, in Lincoln right. Financial Field, it's the NFL stadium. They had the NFL cameras, and my thing is, that uh, in the transparency, just showed the, the angle that they had because none of yeah, the angles that we saw it, they, none showed enough evidence to, to overturn the call. It's just just insane. But uh, like you said, that, that's college football their, in, in 2019 for you. Staff. Yeah, I just think that they they are too um, reluctant to you know not have not back what the officials, you know, are doing. It's, it's just so rare yeah. for them to say, you know, that, that was wrong. And it's like, you know, it's, there are some human elements involved for sure. And mistakes are made like, you know, in any conference with any level anywhere. It's just like, why, why can that not be admitted um, at any point? And I, I don't necessarily just mean in that situation. It's just, you know, it's been, yeah, you know, there have been a lot of those moments in the conference, um, you know, certainly the, the last few years. So uh, when those, those you know, bad calls are made, um, I just would love to see someone own up to that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I definitely, definitely agree with you because, like you said, it always seems like the, the conference, when these situations happen, they come out and, and back the referees, even if, I mean, it's, Clear. I mean, I think everyone in, in the nation thought it was a catch. I mean, I thought of, I, I was like, when 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 the play happened, I was like, I, they 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 don't even need to review this when he caught it. And then I yeah. saw the the, the ref, referee and I saw Mike Norvell upset. I was like, they're about to overturn this, and that's <laughs> that's what happened. So that's, yeah. that's history again. But we we see these things all the time. But um, interesting game coming up on on Saturday night. The Tigers are uh, eleven point road favorites. Uh, but I'm I'm kind of. Surprise the line is that high. Uh, I think the Tulsa team is, is capable. I think if the Tigers are going to go go up there and get a win, I think they're going to have to, to play well. Uh, what, what are your thoughts kind of going into this game? This game is kind of sandwiched in between two big games for the Tigers, uh, a possible uh, rank versus rank top 25 matchup with SMU could be on the horizon next week. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on this game coming up on Saturday night? 
Yeah, I think that Tulsa plays really well when they're, you know, a double-digit underdog. I, I, I know that they don't have the wins to really show that, but I do expect it to, you know, be closer than that. You know, the the Navy game definitely got out of hand, but Navy can do that to teams. It's hard to really compare, take, to take anything from games against Navy and compare it to anything else. But, you know, I, just seeing how Tulsa played against SMU and against Cincinnati, I, I think that's more – um, the type of team that, you know, that's more like them. Um, they can play close. Um, I, I don't know that it's going to be possible to, to pull out an upset, um, even at, at home. Um, I just think that Memphis has, has way more talent, way, way fewer weaknesses, um, especially coming off, you know, complete sort of performance against Tulane. Um, I, I don't know that Tulsa has what it takes to, to win a game like that just because the tur- their own turnovers, you know, uh, have been almost inevitable and that you cannot win if you turn the ball over. So, um, you know, I do think that they, they are still motivated, still interested in, in the season, how that, you know, whether that continues, you know, down the stretch, I, I don't know if they can keep that up, but I do think that it, it will be a closer game um, just because this, this is the, type of game that they can get interested in and it's homecoming it's memphis um they they've lost a few games in a row and i think they'll be interested in this one yeah i agree i think like you said coming off three losses in a row home it's homecoming i think they'll be fired up and, and playing one of the, the, the better teams in the conferences i'm like i said a sandwich in between the tulsa and smu game i hope memphis doesn't come in and kind of kind of overlook this Tulsa team because uh, I think, I think like I said, this team is talented. Um, I think they're better than their record. And if, if Memphis doesn't play well, I think Tulsa could, 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 could really make them sweat this thing out. But always enjoy your insight. Always always enjoy you here on the program. Thanks for, for taking a little time this morning. And, and we'll we'll see the game at 6 p.m. on, on Saturday night uh, up at Tulsa, Memphis and Tulsa on CBS Sports Network. Should be a good one. Thanks again, Kelly. Oh, no problem. Anytime. Kelly Hines from Tulsa World joining me here on TSR Live. It's 11-point live, man. That This game scares me a little bit. Um, I, I know Tulsa isn't very good, uh, but I said this on Twitter uh, earlier this week. They're the type of team that if Memphis – Memphis can't just go up there and lay an egg. Um, like you said, they're coming out three losses in a row. This is homecoming. Uh, they're, they're at home. I think this is an opportunity against one of the best teams in the conference. I think Memphis is the best team in the conference, uh, but that'll, that'll bear itself out here over the next couple of weeks, but I think they're going to be fired up and interested to come out and, and, and try to play in this one. And Memphis is going to, have to play decently well, I think, to come out of here with a win. Uh, they can't look forward to uh, a possible SMU game day and all that stuff that we've talked about throughout this week. Um, they're going to have to go up there, and this is a ball game where they need to go up there and take care of business. And, and if you take care of business, then all that stuff coming up next week will take care of itself. Uh, hopefully SMU uh, goes to Houston and, and takes, they take care of business on Thursday night. Uh, but you kind of talk about all that possibility of game day. You know, they have the cocktail party as well, uh, Georgia and Florida. I would be, I'm honestly, I would be surprised if if they pick Memphis SMU. I, I still think even though Georgia and Florida have both been game day already this year, I, I still think they end up going with the cocktail party um, it's, it's be, with, with it being Georgia and Florida. But hopefully, man, I, I think throw us a bone, man. At, at non-power five, you got two – possibly non-Power 5 ranked teams that both both teams take care of business. Um, I think it would be great uh, to, to have game day, college game day here 
um, in, in Memphis for the first time. That would be uh, fantastic, uh, Tiger Nation. Uh, I think it's going to be a great, great, great game. Um, and I and I look at that SMU team and they're seven and zero and they're ranked where they're ranked. I'm glad they are because that gives Memphis the opportunity to get a a big win. But I've said this for the last several weeks. I think SMU is a little bit of a mirage. Uh, but not that they're not a good team. I love and I've I've talked I've touted this team um, uh, about what Sonny Dykes has done up there uh, down there in Dallas uh, with this team. I mean they, they're a good football team. I just don't know if they're a top fifteen football team. Uh, that's the thing that I think, but I'm glad they read their rank. What their rank is look good for the conference, and it's going to be a good opportunity uh, at home for Memphis to possibly knock off a top 15 team and, and get that credit for knocking off top 15 team. Even though I, I just don't believe believe they're kind of paper champions right now, uh, but I don't want to take them lightly. Like I said, I mean they're a good football team. I just don't think they're as good as their ranking, um, and and I think that's going to be proven out at the Liberty Bowl when Memphis takes on SMU. I think Memphis will win that football game. But uh, Tiger basketball uh, has their exhibition coming up on Thursday night against Kristen Brothers. And we're going to talk with Kristen Brothers, new Kristen Brothers head coach, John Riley, here in just a little bit. I'm excited uh, for Thursday night. Excited to, we've talked so much about this number one recruiting class uh, before Memphis Madness, all the hoopla there, all this stuff. And, and finally, we're going to get an opportunity to see this team on the floor. And there's going to be a lot of things I'm going to be watching for on Thursday night. And, and number one, most first and foremost, um, is rotation. Uh, how is Penny Hardaway going to deploy these guys? Because there's so many different different ways you can, can go with this thing. It's so much so much talent. Length. I mean, they, this team pretty much has everything outside of experience. I mean, you can mix and match guys. I've kind of talked about the starting line. I'm going to be interested to see what the starting lineup is on Thursday. I, I, we've talked so much about this, and I really don't think it's important because the reason why I don't think it's important because I think we'll see lots of different starting lineups uh, throughout the year. I don't think it's going to be one starting lineup. I think if you, you know anything about Penny Hardaway, he, he doesn't mind mixing and matching. I mean, we saw I don't know how many starting lineups last season. And I think with the matchups and the talent that he has on this team, I think we'll see a lot of that this year as well. Uh, my my prediction for the starting lineup is uh, Damian Boss at point guard, Boogie Ellis at shooting guard, DJ Jeffries at small forward, Preston Chua at power forward, and James Wiseman, of course, at center. Uh, I like the the backcourt of Boogie Ellis, uh, the Damian Boss and Boogie Ellis, for, for several different reasons. Uh, the versatility, number one, uh, you have a guy in Damian who is your defender, whoever the best score is on the other team. You put Damian on that guy. Uh, they, you can mix and match. Both guys can bring the ball up. Uh, Boogie Ellis is your score. Um, they, can, they can switch off. One guy can bring the ball up. The next guy, one time, the next guy, the other guy can bring the ball up. The other time, it just gives you a lot of versatility. And I think it also helps kind of break up that log jam behind us. I mean, there's there's so much talent at the guard position. You still got Alex Lomax, uh, Tyler Harris. Uh, you got Lester Keonis in there as well. And I think starting both of those guys instead of bringing one off the bench kind of kind of gives you more opportunity to kind of bring some of those other guys and allow those other guys to get more minutes behind them. Uh, so I, I, I hope I hope that's what the starting lineup ends up being. I, I like the versatility of a Damian Barr and Book Yellis. Again, gives you that defense and scoring and two guys that can 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 bring the ball up for you. Uh, so that that's definitely going to something I'm going to be watching on Thursday night, and I'm just interested to see how 
Kitty handles this. I'm, I'm always interested in these exhibitions when um, you, you play a team of, of different divisions to see how, how both teams, um, and I'm going to ask Coach Riley about that here in just a minute when he joins me, of how you handle uh, this, this type of game. But it's, it's going to be an opportunity for Tiger Nation to finally see this team on the floor, an opportunity for us to finally see this see this team go against someone other than themselves um, in, in practice. Um, they got another exhibition coming up on Monday to get some more on before tipping it off for real uh, November 5th against South Carolina State. Again, that's a doubleheader night. The, the women open up their season at 5 p.m. over at the Fieldhouse against Alcorn State. So go over there, check them out, and then rush over to FedEx Forum to see the Tigers opening. That's going to be a great night of Tiger basketball. But we're going to take a real quick break here on TSR Live. We're going to come back and talk with brand-new head coach, of the CBU Buccaneers, John Riley here on TSR Live. You, 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 my own beat. What's up?
Live. I'm your host, Isaac Simpson. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Special thanks to Melissa McFerrin again and Kelly Hines from Tulsa World for joining us here on the program. But right now we have the brand-new head coach of the CBU Buccaneers, Coach John Riley. Coach, how you doing this morning? Doing pretty good. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thank, thanks for taking a little time for us. Uh, you, you take over the ham of the program, coming over from Gannon University as the winningest coach in, in program history. Uh, talk a little bit about how how the CBU opportunity came about. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, our coaches are all we're all kind of connected, and Coach Niebuhr's been a friend of mine for probably 25, 30 years. And uh, it was a situation where I think he, uh, for whatever reason, he decided to – you know, after being a Christian Brothers for 20 years, he just decided to take another challenge. And uh, so he went down to Delta State, and it opened up this opportunity. And we were fortunate enough to be able to get the opportunity to move back down south. And and, uh, and here we are. What's that transition like, uh, taking over a new program, like I said, moving to a new city? I can, I can imagine that, that that's quite the transition. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm from Maryland originally, but um, Maryland DC area. But I, I I have coached I've coached in Kentucky for 12 years, and I was in Pennsylvania for 20. But um, the, the the transition, I mean, in terms of moving down to Memphis, it's been great. The people are great. Basketball is really important here. Um, probably the hardest part is is following a, a coach like Mike Neighbor. Um, in terms of you know he's the all-time winningest coach here and. He's a lot smarter than than I am, and and by that I mean just in terms of ways his, his teams run that Princeton offense, and I don't know anything about Princeton. I I can't do it, and he and his teams were very very successful <laughs> um, because he he recruited to that system. Now I'm kind of the opposite of, of him, yeah. and I think that's what you know. I think that's kind of why I I did get hired because I think maybe they just wanted a different approach. I'm I'm a little bit more defensive, rebounding oriented, um, you know. But uh, so. It's been, you know, we had a lot of guys back, and I had to get a couple guys late in the summer. But um, the transition, it's, it's it's been busy, but it's been good, and uh, it's it's going to take us a year to really kind of get acclimated to a little bit of everything. Hey, talk, talk about your staff that you you bring guys with you that you hire hire new guys. How, how did that go? You know, I, I tell you, it, it, I ended up hiring uh, Barry Wellington, and uh, and Barry was a, he's from Memphis. And uh, he was a really good high school player here. And then he, he went to junior college, and, and, and then he, he played at, at Southern Illinois, uh, Edwardsville. And, uh, but uh, he, he'd been coaching, been coaching junior colleges out in Texas, and then uh, most recently at the University of Cumberland's in uh, Kentucky. So it was a chance for him to, to come home. And he's really helped me. Uh, he's, he's excellent on the floor. He's got excellent recruiting contacts. He's just a really good person. And, again, he wanted to be back in Memphis. He'd been out of Memphis. I think seven or eight years, and uh, um, so he's he's with me. And then I, I did bring one guy uh, down with me from uh, Paul Matthews from Gannon. So that's kind of our staff, and, and uh, that's what we got. You talk about Mike Knee Neighbor and the tremendous success he's had at CBU and, and running that that prison offense. But you, uh, not being modest, you come with with a uh, highly decorated in your own right. Kind of talk about your career at Gannon and, and, and the success that you've had over your or your career? Well, we've, we, we've um, again, I'm more of a blue-collar guy. I mean, I, again, I'm a, kind of a product of growing up in the Maryland, D.C. area. I mean, there were certain guys I learned from there. 
And then, but probably the most influential people were, was when I was coaching in Kentucky and we were playing against Don Meyer over Dave Lipscomb and all those Jim yeah. Reed at Georgetown and Lou Cunningham. I mean, these names wouldn't mean anything to anybody here, but they're all in the Hall of Fame in turn in the NEI. And, uh, and you, you, you just learn how to, how to, uh, you know, how to build a program, how to recruit, how to, how to coach guys, how to kind of weather the storm when things get a little crazy. But um, we, we have, we, we've, we've had some great teams. I've, I've had, I've had a lot of, I've had a team that, that uh, challenged to win the national championship. I mean, I, my uh, 07, 08, 08, 09 team. I mean, that team was, I think that team won almost 60 games in two years. And, uh, but we've always done it at the defensive end. Um, and, and that's going to be a big transition with these guys. Cause again, they're more offensive oriented. I'm trying to get them to guard. And, and obviously we want to score. Um, that, that's huge because it doesn't do any good to defend if you can't make shots. But I always believe that yeah. being able to defend gives you a shot, whether you're on the road or at home, wherever. If you're making shots or not, you, you're always in the game. And it just gives you a chance. And I've always had kind of junkyard dog-type guys. So, again, it's going to be a transition. But the guys that, that uh, are with us right now, they're doing a great job. Uh, they've really been receptive. They're working extremely hard. And uh, we just kind of take it one day at a time. Again, we're talking with new CBU head coach John Raleigh here on TSR Live. And you, you kind of talk about that, this CBU program for, for so many years is synonymous with that Princeton offense and, and, and to, a new, to come in and bring a new system. Uh, how, how tough is that? I know you inherited, like you said, most of your team. How, how tough is that to, to kind of kind of change the, the system on, on guys that are so used to playing one way? You know, again, we just kind of take it one day at a time, and and the guys, the guys that are here, they they they've been great to me, you know, and and I'm you know a little bit tighter in certain things. I mean, again, every 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 you know, Coach Neiman never ran the program the way it was best for him, the way he knew how, and yeah, the only way I can run the program is how I know how to do it. So I, I don't, don't want to run it, yeah. Else. Yeah, I don't want to be anybody else. I, I I like who I am. I like I like what we've done. I believe in what we we do. Uh, um, I, I believe it's important that, that players hold each other accountable. Coaches hold each other, you know, players, coaches, every, everybody holds each other accountable. I, I believe in that. You know, working hard is not a bad thing. <laughs> you know, investing, you know, and sacrificing for the betterment of the team, that's not a bad thing. You know, <laughs> so these are these are all things that, um, again, we're, ju- we're trying to uh, just instill our offense and, and I mean, our, our culture in, in, into how we want to run it. And, and again, I can only be me. Coach Neer Neighbor was, he'll be a Hall of Famer. I mean, but I can only be me. And, uh, but the guys have been great. And, uh, but like anything, it, it takes time. Um, it, it, I'm sure it'll get bumpy at times, um, like every season does. And, uh, you know, and that's where character and mental and physical toughness just kind of takes over. Uh, well, if you've been in practice now, uh, can, I, can I talk about your team? I think guard Nick Dyfel is the, the highest returning leading scorer from, from last season. Talk about some, some of the guys and, and who's kind of stood out to you in, in the practice. Well, we're we're just, you know, again, we're, we're, we're kind of learning now. So, um, and we're learning each other because in the preseason we did more skill and, and spent a lot of time in the weight room and, and uh, conditioning things. But uh, but Nick Nick is – Nick's high school coach is a friend of mine, and and uh, so I, I know how he was coached there, and and he's been he's been really really solid, probably probably been our best leader in terms of on the floor, off the floor, in terms of work ethic on the floor in the weight room. Um, but I just like what he brings to the table. I mean, obviously his role is going to be a lot bigger um, than it was last year. But um, and, and the thing with Nick, like Nick Nick can score the ball, but I don't ever like put pressure on guys to score. I like 
them to worry about the defensive end, rebound and loose ball, yeah. all that other stuff. And the offensive, uh, the offensive part takes care of itself. But the other, uh, we have two seniors, Brad Miller, who's played a lot of minutes. Mitch Mays has played a lot of minutes. Mitch has kind of been battling some injuries in preseason. Brad as well. Um, and, and those guys have been great because they, they're both fifth-year guys. Um, you know, so just their leadership in terms of, you know, just – buying into to what we're trying to do, uh, I mean, has been tremendous. So um, we have, again, we have a lot of new guys, so we're still evolving. And um, it's going to it's gonna take a little while till, till we really figure out roles. And, and uh, But I, I think we definitely have some good players. And, again, they've been, they've been very well coached in the past and uh, just trying to get them to make that transition to a different style of playing. And uh, the, the sooner we can do that, the – you know, the better we're going to be earlier. Uh, again, we're talking with new CBU head coach uh, John Riley. The Buccaneers will take on the, the 14th-ranked Memphis Tigers at an exhibition on, on Thursday night. Uh, how, how excited are, are, are your kids to, to have the opportunity to play a team like that and play in the NBA arena coming up on, on Thursday night? Well, you know, I, I'm new coming here, and, and uh, but, it, I mean, it's, 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 really, it's really nice on, on Memphis' behalf to – to take care of the, the uh, local programs. I mean, Austin, yeah. you know, and I mean, Love it. it just, it just, it really, really helps. It, it, it's just a major statement in, in terms of they're just taking care of their own and they're helping. But obviously, our, our guys are excited. I mean, they're a high, high major, high level program. I mean, extremely well coached, play very, very hard. Um, but it, it's a, it's a great opportunity. And, and our biggest thing is, is, is hopefully we, we can play as hard as we can and, and give them some resistance because you, you know. We won't be able to keep playing the game, so um, it's something. It's a game that we're really looking forward to. But uh, hey, we got a couple of days of practice. We just got to try to get us get a little <laughs> bit better every day. Yeah, have you ever been a part of of, of a game like this? And I always ask coaches. I, I, these games always interest me because different coaches approach them different ways. How 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 do, how do you approach this game? Well, I, I have. I mean, our, our Gannon teams. I mean, we, we played down. I mean, not that Dayton's their level, but I mean, we played the University of Dayton one year, almost yeah. beat them. Um, went down to the last last possession, and, and that was it. That was the team that I had that almost won the national championship. But and that was a Dayton team that won a couple games in the NCAA tournament that year. Um, you know, we played at Pitt, we played Bonaventure, we 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 played uh, um, at George Washington University. I'm trying to think of the other ones that we played, but um, you know, it's it's Division two is hard because. You know, we just started practicing the 15th, whereas Division One, I, I think they do it a much better way. They, they'll, they'll count 42 days out from from their first game, and then they can practice so many days. And I just think you, you can get more things in. A lot of times us, I mean, we've only been practicing since last Tuesday. So now we, we did do the individual skill work with the eight hours of what we were allowed before the season started. But, um, you know, we only have so much stuff in, and, and, and uh, so it's awful early. Uh, in, in the in the preseason for us, um, you know, so it, obviously that makes it a lot more difficult. But um, but again, we, we we really appreciate the fact that we get the opportunity to play this game. Yeah, I, I, you you brought up a great point earlier. I, I think it's great that that Memphis uh, plays Christian Brothers in the morning every, uh, every year. I think to see them play the local local programs and, and they reach out and, and help them as well. I think that's fantastic. Uh, so I'm, I'm really glad to see. These games continue, and you said I think Christian Brothers, Christian Brothers beat Memphis I think four or five years ago, 
um, in, in FedEx form. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a great game. I always look forward to it. And I think it's great for both programs. I think it's great for you guys to kind of kind of see where you are. Um, and I think it'll help you definitely going in forward and into the Vision 2 play. So, it should be fun, man. First off, Coach, yeah, I think uh, welcome to Memphis, man. We're we're glad to have you, and I look forward to seeing you over at FedEx Forum on Thursday night, and thanks for taking a little time for us this morning. I think we, we appreciate it, and, and we look forward to it as well. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks, Coach. Coach John Raleigh, UCBU head coach, joining me here on TSR Live. And he brought up a great point again. Like I said, I love that Memphis reaches out and, and, and helps CBU and Lamorne on, and they play these games every year. And I think it's good for both programs. I mean, it's for, for CBU, um, it, it's, they won't see anything like this in, in their place. So the, the opportunity to play this game, I think, will help them going forward and allows Memphis to, to – a first opportunity to kind of work through some things. Because, uh, I mean, with this team, there's so much to work through as far as rotations and, and seeing what guys you like together, what, what lineups, what things work, what, what things – how to do things certain time, what lineup works at this point, what lineup works at that point. I think it really helps, helps Memphis as well. Uh, so I, I love these games, and it's opportunity for Tiger Nation to come out and, and see this team uh, for the, this number one recruiting class for the first time. So it should be exciting. It's Thursday night, 7 p.m. over at FedEx Forum. But been a, been a great morning here on TSR Live. I want to send a special thanks to head coach Melissa McFerrin. Uh, they have their exhibition coming up next Wednesday over at the Elmont Fieldhouse against the Lady Buccaneers of Chris and Brothers at 7 p.m. Uh, I want to thank her for joining me on the program. I always enjoy having her. And like I said, uh, she said they're coming at people uh, uh, here on TSR Live. They're coming at people this year. So uh, you heard it here first. Um, you, you've heard a lot of negativity around the women's basketball program. I kind of try to stay away from all of that and focus on, on the positive and, and what's going on right now. Um, and I think the team has a great recruiting class. I think they have a lot of talent. And I think if they can 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 get the chemistry together and get this team together, I think this team is going to outperform that eighth uh, pick in, in a, at AAC Media Days. Uh, I think they could finish higher than that. And I think this could be possibly a WNIT team uh, this year. I think they have that type of talent. They have a lot of length. They have a lot of size. They have shooting now, bringing in Madison Griggs. I think that's really going to help, and, and I'm glad to, to finally see some local flavor in the team with uh, Lynetta and Lenise Williams and, and as well as Madison. Uh, so come out and, and, and support the team. Like you said, just give them a chance. If you come out and, and, and watch this team, I'm telling you, you will fall in love because even though it hasn't always translated into wins, it's not it's for lack of effort. Uh, this team and Melissa McFarland's team always give you 110%. They just have gone through a lot of things over the years. Again, we know about the transfers, so much transition. They've dealt with tremendous injuries over the years, and it's just been tough. Some of these seasons, you look at the – if you, you, you didn't pay attention, you just look at the record, you just think that they're not doing well. But they've had a lot of adversity over over the last several years. Some might be self-inflicted, but even still, they've done with, dealt with a lot of adversity, and I think that's some of the reasons why they just haven't been talented. There have been times where they had seven players on this roster, um, and, and they had to play with – with seven players, and you're not going to win many games if you only have seven players. They have had absolutely no depth because of injuries and transfers. So it's been a tough time, but I think things might be turning around with this roster, and I think they have an opportunity to do some special things over there with the Memphis women's basketball program. So go over there to the field house and check them out. Special thanks to Kelly Hines. Uh, tremendous. I always enjoyed talking to her over the years uh, with, with Tulsa, Tulsa when Memphis plays Tulsa football and basketball. Uh, but a game coming up on, on Saturday night, uh, Memphis 
the 11-point home favorite. I'm just saying, man, Memphis cannot go up there and lay an egg and expect to win a ball game. Even though this team is 2-5, and five, I think they're better than their record. And I think Memphis is going to play decently well to come out of there with a win. They can't look forward to the SMU game and game day and possibly and all that stuff there. They got to take care of business on Saturday before you even think about all of that. I think they'll win, but I got a feeling the game might be a little bit closer than expected. But special thanks to Kelly Hines from Tulsa World for joining me. And finally, new CBU head coach John Raleigh. Um, I enjoyed talking with him and, and, and for the first time. Um, he's over at CBU taking over for longtime CBU coach Mike Neenaver. Uh, I was going to ask him about was he still going to continue to run that Princeton offense, and he said he is not. That program has been so synonymous with that. That offense is going to be interesting to see them doing something different than what they do on Thursday night and how they look. He said they've only been practicing for six days. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one. But it gives Memphis the opportunity to, to kind of work through some things rotation-wise and see what guys they like together on the floor. Because, again, so much talent. You can mix and match. So many ways you can go with this thing. Uh, I mean, I, I think the possibilities are endless with the talent they have on this team. Uh, we want to talk a little Tiger recruiting. We're going to have to wait until next time we're up against it. Uh, so we'll talk about that on the next episode of, of TSR Live. Uh, but we should be coming to you Sunday night with a, a review of the Tulsa game, previewing a big game against SMU. So be on the lookout for that Sunday night. Not sure what time yet. You can follow along with me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Uh, you can also follow my man, Brian Moss, the founder and editor of TigerSportsReport.com, who right now we have your 901 deal. Uh, so go over there and check that out. Uh, Brian has tweeted out about that. I retweeted it. Uh, we have our nine, $9.01 promotion for one year uh, right now. You can't beat it. $9.01 for a year subscription to our premium content over at TigerSportsReport.com. So go over and sign up, man. We got great content from, from me, myself, uh, Brian, Mitch over there. We're Always, man, we're on point with the Tiger Athletic coverage, so make sure you go over there, check it out, get on the message board. Uh, we we love to have you. Uh, so your number one source for Tiger Athletic News, TigerSportsReport.com. Go over and sign up. Your subscription, $9.01, man. You can't beat that. But you can follow Brian on Twitter at RivalsBoss, R-I-V-A-L-S, the letter B-M-O-S-S. You can follow Mitch Davis at Mitch Davis underscore eight, M-I-T-C-H-D-A-V-I-S underscore eight. Uh, but, man, a Thursday night, uh, FedEx Forum, Memphis takes on Christmas Brothers. Uh, I hope Tiger Nation comes out strong for that. It's going to be the first opportunity to see this number one recruiting class and, 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 and see this Tiger team on the floor. So that should be fun. And Sunday night, 6 p.m., the Memphis Tiger football team travels to Tulsa to take on the Golden Hurricane. That game is going to be 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. So, Follow me on Twitter, and I'll, I, I'm always tweeting, as you know. I'm very active on Twitter. So follow me there. Uh, I'll be live tweeting throughout the game on, on Saturday night. So, um, And, again, we'll talk to you on, on episode 117 of TSR Live Sunday night as we take a look back at hopefully a win over Tulsa and a big game coming up next Saturday against SMU at the Liberty Bowl. Until then, I've been your host, Isaac Simpson, and I'm gone. Have a good day, Tiger Nation. 